Hey guys, at the YMCA Rebuild, we're in the business of reducing recidivism in Victoria, and in no way do we condone criminal activity discussed in these episodes. We support victims of crime and are committed to creating a safer community. Let's put it this way. You're employing young people for a certain period of time. You train them up, you skill them up. Yep. And then you transition them onto another job. Yep. Yeah. And you start again. Yep. Is that the best model, Damo? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to A Time to Rebuild, the podcast that explores the impact of crime from incarceration to positive transformation and everything in between. Uh, And now we're back for episode two. Welcome back, Mick. Good to be back. It feels good. And what a response we've had from episode one. Absolutely. To be coming in thick and fast. Yeah. Although it's been really warming and, and uh, yeah, overwhelming as well, mainly because of me, but um, I wouldn't <laughs> worry about that with you, Mark. You'll, your game will raise and people will appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate the work M- you're doing. Mick Cronin, flavour of the month. <laughs> All right. So, so joining us today is Damien Carmody, manager of Rebuild. Damien, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And look, I haven't prepared a bio for you today. Um, that's insulting. <laughs> I, I would say it's a cop out, Mac. You were given one job. We were given a couple of jobs, but this is one of the ones I said, Mac, you've got to do the boyos. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll cop that. Um, but I will let you do the honours of introducing yourself uh, and who you are. Right. Always, always very comfortable talking about myself. But um, I, I guess so. I grew up in the country um, where there was. A, a strong trade-based background. So I started working around about 14, 15 on my school holidays as a concreter and a bricklayer while still going to school. I finished school and started working as a landscaper but decided that wasn't really the path I wanted to go down. I um, enrolled in um, a Diploma of Education. So I completed a Diploma of Education while working as a landscaper During um, university, obviously, I had to do a student placement, and that's where I found myself at the Melbourne Youth Justice Centre. I did a 70-hour work placement there. Once that was finished, um, they asked me to stay on. So I completed my degree while working at the Juvie for the YMCA, which obviously then leads into Rebuild, which um, which obviously I'm the manager of right now, but... It was at the time, I guess, a bit of a start-up. So I started in 2008 um, at the Juvie and Rebuild started in 2010. So um, there was a bit of a crossover there working for both. I started as a, um, as a crew leader, which was amazing in terms of, I guess, where I am now, having an understanding of all the young people that we work with, um, obviously with everything I'd learned from working at the Juvie, then the trade skills, it kind of just aligned itself. Um, I worked as a crew leader for four or five years and then was lucky enough to become operations manager. I was operations manager for, again, quite a few years and now now I'm the manager. That's awesome. It's really good you said that as well because I was actually going to write those exact same words uh, for the intro. (laughs) I'd imagine you were, mate. I'd imagine you were. I bet you were. So, Damo, tell us what Rebuild is. And what it does. 
where to begin. I guess Rebuild is a social enterprise that teaches trade and employability skills to disadvantaged youth. It's the crux of it. Um, we obviously work within the criminal justice system and I guess prof provide an opportunity for young people that may not get an opportunity if it wasn't for a company like ours. No, oh, that's perfect. It's a good answer. That's great. What are the elements to Rebuild that make it work? And I mean work for the young people yep. and then also for the businesses for that the would business. use Rebuild. So, uh, the, the main thing that I always... I guess bring it back to is our culture so at the moment we have young people come into the program through our program in Ravenhall which is a private run prison run by GEO which we call correctional rebuild we run a six-week program for I guess select individuals young people that are working within a prison where we teach the trade and employability skills five days a week in the prison so the reason why I go back to that is because I guess it works because there's so much wraparound support from the very start, from the very first interaction we have with a young person until when they hopefully potentially move on into full-time employment with a commercial company. So we, in, while the, the, the young men at the moment and young women hopefully, while they're in prison, they physically come down to our workshop in a prison five days a week for seven hours a day being taught by two brilliant facilitators in there that care about them and care about teaching them the trade and employability skills that are needed. So once... It, it, there's a lot... To talk about the prison system, like, go, I guess, too in-depth, there's so many layers of that as well, but you see, we see a lot of young men that go into the prison and create the wrong connections, create the wrong, the wrong friendships and get led down the wrong path, whereas we try and create an environment within the prison where they're around good people, where there's, there's no prison talk, there's a culture where we, I guess, provide hope and opportunity. So each young person for the six-week program comes down and from the very first time they meet myself, the case manager or the facilitator, they're greeted by a friendly smile, someone who's happy to give them the time of day, happy to take the extra effort to teach the skills that are required so that when they transition out of prison, they come straight into commercial rebuild, which, again, we have adapted so much throughout the time, which is part of the reason why we work as well, because we can adapt. The, the course started as a, a three-week course with two pro programs in a day. We found out that that wasn't enough time for a young person. So we've then adapted it to the six weeks for a full day so that each person can get the time that's required to move to the next step. Now, obviously, when a young person leaves prison, there's a lot of anxiety and there's not, not, not really sure about what the future leads, but we engage that young person the day they get out of prison. So there's, there's no time for, for the young person to fall into old habits or whatever it may be. They know that as soon as they get out, there's an opportunity there for paid employment. That's interesting as well because then there's obviously a wraparound support service that you have yep. that from the prison from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. So you have case managers as well that, that support the whole process as well? Yep, yep. So the, 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 the very first people that the young people that the young people meet uh, are either either myself or a case manager and we are the same people that work with them from the very start 
from the very first meeting until they come out and work in commercial rebuild once they're released. So, How important is that consistency and, and that relationship building at that point? Because it's really, I, I feel that's a really important part. You're saying that you start and you follow all the way through into the, what you say as in the commercial side of the business outside. How important is that? It's part of the reason why rebuild works. Because, because there is that same relationship that works the whole way through. And because we've been doing it for so long, we've also, I guess, got a, a reasonably good reputation with the young people that there is actually the truth being spoken to them. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, there's not people coming in and promising the world and they're not delivering. They know because they've got co-offenders or people that they've been in prison with that are now full-time crew leaders or are now working with us and are now moved on and they've got a factory job or they're working on the rails. So they, they completely trust in the process while getting all the support that's required, the, the wraparound support. It's not just a job active where you, where you get paid, you, you do your chores and you move on. It's, it's, it's everything. It's, it's from management to crew leaders to case managers to like everybody that's involved in the program cares about the young person. And I, I, I could imagine that's really important to see, to have someone like yourself, to see them in prison when they're at a very low point and, a, uh, you know, at a, at a point where they want to know what their next move is, to then suddenly, you know, going through this program and then seeing you on site on the first day. Tell us about what, what that would be like for a young person on their first day rocking up to a job, one with Rebuild, and maybe you'd be really interested, interested to hear what you think it would be like without Rebuild, yeah. what a young person would face. Somewhat, somewhat hard to answer because I don't, I don't want to speak for everyone in general, I suppose. There's not, there's not one general rule as to how someone would feel. But a, a lot of the guys that we are dealing with, that I've dealt with over the whatever it is, 12 years here, have left prison, not been given the opportunity and so fall back into old habits. Now, knowing that they have an opportunity with people that they're comfortable with, I, I'd imagine would just give hope, and and I don't need to imagine because we do get feedback from the young people. It does it does give hope. It's it's rather than stepping out and like you see just as you you walk into the entrance building of of Ravenhall, the prisoners being released and they stand there with their with the plastic bag, and it, there's a little bit in that it seems a little bit frightening, but yeah. to know that to know that when you're getting out, there is actually someone there to support you when you may not have ever had that support, I'd imagine would be a relief. Yeah. And to go back to the very first question to say, what is rebuild? I think it means something different to everybody. Yeah. So from a business point of view, someone inquiring about services and using our services, yeah, it's going to be, it, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a service. Whereas for a young person that's in prison, it's that support. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And and I I I digress. I'm assuming like going. To, that's the funny thing. How many paths it could go down? But at the end of the day, we we provide trade skills. We 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 quote and do jobs like any other trade company does. Mm. And we have to provide the service, and we have to provide it to a standard, and we have to make like billable hours. But we're working with young people that have come out of the prison. Mm. So, and, and to, I guess, to clarify that, they're working alongside a qualified tradesman who is the crew leader, but the, the core of our business is helping disadvantaged youth obtain employment. Yeah, yeah. And creating that community as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like whether we're creating the community inside the prison or outside the prison, we're having a space where they feel a part of something. Yeah, yep.
Absolutely. How many um how many crews do you have? Like you said you started um ten years ago, two thousand and ten. Yeah. So um how how many did you start with then and where are you at today? Yeah. And how many young people are, are is rebuild supporting and training and then employing uh, per annum? Um it started with like one or two crew leaders and one or two crew members that continually stayed at around about three or four crews, which is a crew leader and a young person up until maybe two years ago and since then we've expanded rapidly and we now have 13 crews moving into 14 crews and right now we employ 16 young people. 15 of them have come out of Ravenhall, one person through another correctional system. So that's 16 that you have on your books right now. Right would, now. Would it, but throughout a year, you, you, that would, I would imagine that would be a little bit more? Yes, it is definitely. So we've, we've worked with I think the number is now 267 young people since it started. Um, the The amount of people that come through each year is it's it's roughly 30. But again, as I speak about how we can adapt, no young person moves on until they've got all the skills and all the support required to move on. So we don't necessarily have to meet an exact target of how many people we have within the program. It's more about the amount of work we've got and then if someone's ready to move on, transition into full-time employment, then they transition in. But as a rough guess, it'd be around about 25 to 30 young people per year. Amazing numbers and, and, mm-hmm. and amazing what, what Rebuild does. So if you focus on the young people, like what's some of the challenges that you have uh, with a business like Rebuild supporting the young people? Yes, um, we have a, a, a little saying, never a dull moment, because like it's not necessarily like work where you get to work at seven o'clock and you finish work at three o'clock and you're counting the hours, the hours down because you don't really have the time to do that. But so the working with the young people, the challenges vary. So we're, we're working at times with a young person that's that's never picked up a shovel before and we have to go and plant plants. So the, the skill level is an issue. Sometimes we're working with young people that have got really good experience but um, have fallen down the wrong path for some reason. So so I guess drugs and alcohol is is an issue and I guess it goes back to just like habits and routine and structure and that's why the, the six weeks in Ravenhall is so important because we make sure each person, you have to be there at 8 o'clock, you have to work until 2.30, you, you, to, I guess, so the body can adapt and get used to what they're going to need to to do when when they get out of prison, when the young person gets out of prison. So having to get to work at 7 o'clock and work until 3 o'clock when, like, our work is all around Melbourne, so sometimes people are having to work, wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get to work by 7 o'clock and that's not something that, has ever been done before so just the the physical rigors of like the rigorousness of the actual work is is a challenge but then like so I guess a good way to explain it is we've got as we've said there's 16 young people on our books at the moment five of those young people have worked with us fallen away and now returned to working with us again because I guess they understand the benefits of it they understand that it is it is a good place to be I, I, an analogy we sometimes use is kind of like quitting smoking. Like you, you don't, you don't necessarily. It doesn't necessarily work the first time. You quit smoking, you last a month, and then you you fall away and you smoke again. You go to the pub or whatever it may be, you start smoking again. Then the next time it might be six months, and then you have another smoke, and then finally it finally sinks in, and 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 you quit. Like with with a lot of our with a lot of our young people, it's been 
like a certain way of living has been ingrained for such a long amount of time that you can't just like flick you flick a switch and all of a sudden they're working nine to five the same as the same as like we are when you said that they've got to show up when they're in prison for that six-week program they've got to show up at eight o'clock and they've got to clock off at 2 30 yeah and i think some people listening might go well what else are they going to do they're in prison like if you want to reflect on that with melbourne at the moment going through all the lockdowns and everything like that people that i'm talking to are losing motivation left right and center yeah from working at home yeah um now imagine being in the same spot the same place for you know years yep. on end some people yeah um to have that motivation and everything like that to get up and do that takes a hell of a lot of willpower yeah yep. um but i think I, it, I reckon i can put it down to you know the guys in there that create that community inside um inside the prison that's uh that make the young guys want to come yeah, absolutely, and and I guess to, to to touch on that a little bit, like we we absolutely absolutely don't condone crime. We mm-hmm. don't we don't have any sympathy for the crime that has been committed, but we understand that sometimes there's a reason why, and that if someone is given the right opportunity, everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone can make a change. Everyone can live their next day better than they lived their last day. Absolutely. You know, this show that we this podcast that we do, we always want to make it really clear that. You know, we don't agree with the actions of the young people. Mm. We don't glorify that in any shape or form. But we also don't want it to be what they define, that defines their life um, and give them the opportunity to, you know, to tell their story and so forth as well. But it's just a story. Yep. And, and it's just actions um, and, and people can form their own opinions and judgments on that. And we hope that that's what this podcast will do. So it's yep. a really good point that you make as well around that as well. So how then do you, when you have young people who have made bad mistakes, made bad judgments and have gone to prison and are now with Rebuild, what's the kind of, what's the kind of conversations, what's the kind of leadership and, and support that the crew leaders would give on a daily basis? Because I'd imagine it's more... It's, it's more than just teaching them to paint a wall or, yeah. you know, to do carpentry. I'd imagine there's a whole life skill part there that that's, that's yeah. not evident to yeah. many people. Yeah. So one of the well, patience is the first, thing <laughs> the first thing I can think of. But so it's, it's not necessarily about like someone coming in and you demanding what needs to be done each day in, each day out. It's about... I guess being a good role model. It's about showing the right way rather than if you see someone that's doing the wrong thing rather than going over and say, hey, you're doing that wrong, like in a negative degrading way, you just go over and maybe maybe have a look at doing it this way. Maybe or, or, or even not even go and say something, just go and do it the right way in front because uh, like all everybody in general, I guess, has guidance from someone that's doing the right thing. So the the crew leaders need to have, obviously, the trade skills, but then they need to have, I guess, the the want to make a change and the want to be a mentor and the want to, to I guess, wake up one day and try and make the, the next day better than the day before, I suppose. So the, there's, a, again, it could go in so much depth with what a crew leader has to do, but the 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 core, the core of it is about working with the young person, but I guess to, to fall back a little bit, a lot, a lot of it is um, like a lot of it is the actual trade skills. But then there's certain things like like budgeting and nutrition and things like that. Like a lot of the young guys come into the program and 
don't understand exactly what needs to be had at lunchtime that you, that you need to drink certain amount of liters of water per day like if you're doing physical exercise there, there's there's so many little things that we have to to watch and monitor but at the same time complete complete the task that's in front of you and and i i guess i i want to be careful i don't want to um speak down of the young people there's there's a lot of there's a lot of brilliant young men that work in the program there's a lot of there's a lot like right now I can like I can picture the the crew members and a lot of what I'm saying would be a little bit degrading towards them because they're such brilliant people and they're such great workers and it's not necessarily like applicable to every single young person that comes through but as a broad brush that is yeah a definition of what a crew leader has to go through in a day and it's really interesting that so as a social enterprise, your business model is fascinating because if I was to strip it back, let's put it this way, you're employing young people for a certain period of time, you train them up, you skill them up, yep. and then you transition them onto another job, yep. yeah, and you start yep. again. Yep. Is that the best model, Damo? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. Yeah, it works it perfectly. Works. Yeah. And, and it works because I guess we have... Um, a really good understanding with the the people that we work with. Um, An example of that is at the moment we've just started our first level crossing removal um, landscaping project. So we're working alongside other construction companies and we explain to them at the start we're not not a company with five years' experience with workers that have worked together day in, day out for two or three years. So we're not going to have the exact output that a landscaping professional company would have. But we're willing to try we're willing to improve we've we've been now on this job for three weeks and to to put it bluntly like the amount of plants we're planting per day right now is double what we were planting when we started so it it is a ridiculous model but we have i guess good relationships and good partners with other companies that understand the model and are willing to work with us well i suppose there's 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 business and you can look at it as a, a financially business model but then there's this other element that you see on the other side, which is a human model. Yeah. And it's human, it's human behavior, it's working with human, it's, 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 it's so much more than that. Yeah. And, and you've, you've managed to blend that over years and like it's 10 yeah. years, this has happened over Absolutely. six months. Yeah. Um, and just hearing their growth, I yeah. would imagine it's taken that long to really, I imagine you keep learning. Every day, every day. I, you're exactly right. A lot of people have worked really hard for a long time for us to be in the place we are at the moment. Mac. Mick. You look like something's on your mind. You're stressed about something. Mate, I've stuffed up. What's happened? I'll do it every year. Tell me what's happened. I forgot to get presents again. You know what date it is? I know. It's getting close. What are you looking for? I might be able to help out. Well, there's the cousins that i go got to get something cheap for. Maybe, oh, I don't know. Under 20 bucks. Yeah, what about a phone holder? They could use it. Yeah, succulent plants. We got pots for them. (gasps) Mick, you're answering all my prayers. Tell you what, Mac, you stick with me. Where are you going on this big scale here, budget? What else are you looking for? I don't know. We really enjoy picnics. Grazing tables. Grazing tables? Yeah, I got them too, mate. You know what? I've got everything you need. If you just go to www ymcarebuild.org.au that will take you to the Rebuild online shop and Mac I'm telling you all your Christmases will come at once oh my god I'm going to be I'm going to be number one at Christmas this year number one this year 
number one next year. Pretty much number one every year, man. So if you look at, you, you mentioned about um, the model, we, we've, we've, we've joked about it, like yeah. how you have young people and you train them up and so forth. And, and we've mentioned that you, you have some that you have skills and some that yeah. might have, haven't got skills. If we go to the other side of it now, you've got all these tradespeople, you've got this model. Let's talk about how that transitions into, into winning jobs and, and the expectations of, you mentioned the level crossing removal and, and, yeah. and, and it might be all the other um, customers that you, or contract partners that you work for. Yeah. How does that translate when you go to them and you say, here's this social enterprise called Rebuild yeah. and it employs ex-offenders yep. yeah if we put it let's use the language like that yeah yep. they've been in prison they've done this um, and we want to win this contract for you yeah what would be what, what's the initial like over the years where, where you hit at the start were like a bit more of a def, like stand back a little bit why would we, why would we want to work with you that sounds like a challenge yeah and how did you overcome that so that you know you are now in the in the conversation with these contracts that you're winning now yeah so the <laughs> There has been, I guess, a divide between social enterprise and construction for quite a long time, which we are now working through. And I, and I don't want to profess that we're like well, we are experts in what we do, but we're not like the only people working on this at the moment. There, there's social there's social traders. There's lots of different companies that have have a similar model to we do. But how we have breached the gap is by having conversations by having having awareness that is the awareness is given by a lot of like networking events and things like that but then it's given by us actually physically going and speaking to the construction company and saying black and white here is what we are here is what we can here is what we can do here are what our capabilities are if you work with us this is the benefit but we're not quite going to at the very start have the exact output that a professional company is going to have but what you will get is you'll get to see the the difference that it makes and you'll get to see us grow alongside you i, I remember about oh probably it's probably 2017 to 2008 onwards you know you would start to hear the words of social procurement yep and um, so like and there might be people that are listening here today that don't really get that i mightn't even yep. get what social enterprise is in a sense but yep. if we talk about social procurement Give us a little bit of a, an idea of what, what that is and where Rebuild fits into that. Because yep. I'd imagine you're in a real kind of a sweet spot yep. um, with a lot of the infrastructure and everything that's going on at the moment. Yep. So I guess social procurement is organisations engaging with a social enterprise. Which So we are a social enterprise and a social enterprise is an organisation that focuses on social change rather than commercial growth. So it's spending their money on social change. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In That's, yeah, in an essence. And there's a, there's a lot of, um, ab- above my pay grade, but there, there's, a, there's a lot of, I guess, like government plans and KPIs and um, like procurement spends that each programme is obliged to spend on a social enterprise and that's where we fit in. So again, we're working on the level crossing removals right now and the level crossing removals have a minimum percent that has to be spent on social procurement and that's where we fit in. So uh, yeah, there's there's pros and cons of what we do. Talking about our ridiculous business structure, there's also pros coming in from that sense. People, people get a benefit from engaging us. And 
what kind of con like what's the because it's an amazing story rebuild in the sense of where it was to where it is now so so what kind of amounts of contracts are you now looking to to you know give us an idea of the, of the yeah. kind of dollars involved that you're bidding for and securing yeah so again again back to the start a lot of what we were doing was handyman work so painting plastering patch ups like fiddly little like five jobs a day type tasks whereas at the moment, so in the last 12 months, we've completed five projects of $250,000 or more. At the moment, we're working on yeah, the level crossing removal, which is around about that amount. And we're now tendering for projects that are even greater than that and can comfortably tender for them because we have the capacity to do that now. Whereas we wouldn't have been able to actually take on a job like that recently because we weren't set up well enough to do that with the equipment and the skill set and the like. But with the growth over the last 12 months to 18 months, we are now set up to take on jobs like that comfortably and meet the deadlines that are quite strict. And it's so good because at the end of the day, businesses win, but also the amount of learning that the young people are going to get from these bigger jobs is incredible. How do you feel the young guys that are working for us now are handling that? Uh, Amazingly. And and that's why why I was um, mindful before about speaking of the challenges that the young people have because this morning I was on site planting plants next to young people that have come through the program and they were planting as many plants as I was in the exact same professional state. So they... they. Do we need to review your contract? Yeah, maybe. It's just that you, they're you, so good. You kept telling me you were the, you were the standard. What's yeah. happening? I was about to say a manager <laughs> on the tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's questionable. We might have to bring the young people in and ask what that actually looks like. I like, I like Mark's Avenue better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, but like again, so we're working, um, we're working planting plants at the schools, and a couple of young people have have openly mentioned how great it is that they're planting plants, which are brilliant for the environment at schools where young people learn. Like it's 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 noticeable to the young people coming through. Like really clearly, like and you you mentioned what well, like it's black and white. Sometimes you've said it a couple of times. Like why use a, why use rebuild as opposed to another commercial business i guess i guess to explain that um i'll touch on like what some of the barriers between construction wanting to use social enterprise are which were which were social enterprise aren't quite as organized and professional as some other companies they they they're more expensive than some other companies they don't have the quality of work of some other companies and they don't get it done in the time frame so why use us is because we we are willing to learn the whole way through and we recognised some of those barriers for the young for, for the sorry for the um, construction company and we have worked on them and we I absolutely stand by that we can produce the same quality work in the same time frame with the the brilliant aspect of the company and if you want to engage us, you get to help the young people. You get to give someone an opportunity that may not have got the opportunity if you didn't engage us. So it's kind of like a question nearly of, instead of why use Rebuild, it's like, why not? Why wouldn't you? You haven't got much yeah. to lose if you're saying that. And obviously, I would imagine that you face some you know, challenges with people thinking that, as you say, the quality is not great, but also, you know, is this safe? Yeah. You know, what are the backgrounds of the young people? Like, yeah. is there something, is there going to be an incident? Do we need any drama? Like, yeah. and 
has like has there ever been any of that? Like, can you can you turn around and say that's so, that's absolutely not yes. not an issue, and this is why you can you can you can often see intrigue in in the companies that we're dealing with the people that we're dealing with but in the entire time I've been here there's not been one incident where a young person has in any way endangered the customer or to put it bluntly done anything wrong in in terms of the commercial setting then we're in not once in the whole time I've been here most businesses you know when you make mistakes you can you can bounce back from it. You make mistakes, you learn. That will be quite different for a rebuild because of the stigma, because of the background, because of what you are. Yeah. That, you know, if you were to make a mistake, I'd imagine that would be a bit harder to come back from with a customer yep. than just a, a normal business. Yeah, definitely. Exactly like you say. So eyes are on us from the start, but we look at it, we just take a breath, do the right thing, have our tasks in front of us, we have complete faith in our process. We have complete faith in the staff that are working with us. We have complete faith in our business structure and our model. And we, again, it goes back to like our environment, our culture. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about whether people are watching us if we have a mistake because we try not to make a mistake. And if we do, we can just explain it just the same as anyone else can with, I guess, just as much professionalism. And that's great. And, and, and I would imagine that a lot of businesses, like over time now, you've built really strong relationships. Yep. So um, have you got like relationships with, 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 with uh, contract partners or businesses that are like over multiple years now and you've built really, really strong, um, you know, partnerships? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we work with Lendlease, who are obviously a, a T1 major um, construction company and have a, a wonderful relationship with them and have... 12 month a year contracts with them we work with vicinity shopping centers um we've we work with multiple multiple different i guess professional organizations that um i we can use as we can use as a reference when we go into other jobs because we've got the respect from them so we're talking about like making mistakes and getting eyes on us that 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 I suppose, is combated by the fact that we've got a really good reputation now. We've got a good culture and our output of work is strong. Our resume is strong. So this year we're celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Rebuild and now you've had a global pandemic. Yep. How does that affect Rebuild as, as a business? Yes, very challenging. Um, we, I guess, are lucky enough to be an essential service. So we were lucky enough to still be able to operate in some capacity. In saying that, we had to adapt a lot of our contracts, a lot of the work, the tasks that we do, we weren't able to do. And then we obviously had to adapt to the COVID restrictions and regulations. Um one of the ways that we've adapted is changing the the services that we've offered. We um, went down the path of cleaning, which is not something that we would generally generally offer as a service. But we realised that it was better to have work and keep the crews and the young people in work and doing cleaning than it would be to have the opposite, which is have people that aren't at work. So um, during the time that we adapted like so we worked we worked really hard for the first couple of weeks to figure out the new processes 
and then I guess we were lucky enough to still be provided with some opportunities to pick up some extra work. So it's 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 been really hard, but the end result is we've actually increased our workload. We've been able to put on six young people straight out of the prison into employment since COVID started. That's really important. The opposite, which you just kind of touched on a little bit, of if it went the other way yep. and you had to stand down young people or you know put them off employment would have really caused some really challenging times for them young people yep. and had them in a quite vulnerable vulnerable state like work creates like habit forming it creates like obviously there's a sustainable income there's there's so many different benefits from a young person having work that I wouldn't like to think of potentially what the so we're talking about challenges of of young people coming out of prison those challenges would have been there if the young person got stood down and 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 so many of our young people like I said are such brilliant strong-minded young people that they may not have relapsed or reoffended or gone down the wrong path but there is the possibility that someone might have ah uh, that's great so what's on the horizon for rebuild if you had have asked me that 12 to 18 months ago, the answer may have been a lot different, but we have been working really hard for the last 12 to 18 months to to grow and align ourselves with some of the major infrastructure projects, to align ourselves with some, some T1 companies and set ourselves up so that we have sustainable work at the same time as being able to employ the young people. We... Um, and we've done a really good job of that and we're really lucky to have aligned ourselves with some really good construction companies so that we've got like set contracts, some some major work that's in place, but also increasing our professionalism and learning and uh, yeah, providing an environment that we can absolutely get the best out of what we do. Um, there's been a lot of, I guess, great initiatives um, that we've been working on behind the scenes and one of them is um, the online store that we have, um, I guess for want of a better word, just opened up. You, Mick, you're the, the genius behind this. You can tell me the wording. I would say genius, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so the online store that, that um, is basically, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's it's the wooden um, products that we make in, in prison. You've touched on it in your program yep. um, that you make. So so um, anything from, you know, it started off with like a wooden tyres, wasn't it? Really back at, at the very start, Damo, and yep. then it kind of progressed into making different items. So yep. I think during the pandemic, we, um, myself and Damo and, and other people, of course, walked um, behind the scenes to to bring that to life. Yep. So we have a, a, you know, the online store is now, fully fledged and operational and, and in there there's many many items but maybe you can talk a little bit more through what we kind of do there yeah absolutely so i guess to go back to the program in ravenhall what we teach is trade and employability skills to do that in our warehouse we teach painting plastering and carpentry so carpentry we've adapted rather than just cutting certain planks at certain sizes we've tried to have a purpose behind what we're making. So the young people started off making like plaques for the visitor centre, making toys for their children at home or relatives at home and that kind of kicked off a little bit and 
there was a bit of movement, like people started to really like the toys and started to really like the things we were making, which then led, led to actually the um, YMCA Early Learning Centres purchasing quite a bulk item of the toys that we made and manufactured within the prison to use in the early learning centres for the children to play with day to day. So that's then again adapted to um, everything that we have on our online store, which um, I guess we'll speak about exactly how to get to the online store later. I don't want this to be about promotion, but... Nice it, plug. You're getting yeah. an ad there, Dan. You're getting good. <laughs> well, but it, it is... It's, it's just a different arm of the business, isn't it? It yeah. just allows for the for people to see a different side of what the young people can do. Like they're wonderful yeah. handcrafted products. Now I am going to sound like an ad. Yeah. They're wonderful <laughs> handcrafted products, but you know when you see these products, you see you know what it takes to make them. They're bloody well good. You know what I mean? And and again, it goes back to that. Um, you know, if you had an opportunity to buy uh, a wooden toy or a, ch- uh, a chessboard or a chopping board or you know a desk or whatever from your you know standard um um you know business or 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 retail um sectors or retail store or you had a chance to buy from something like rebuild where you know that when you're buying there you know that money is going into that program for damo and his team to do more wonderful things and more training with young people then to me it's a no-brainer you know, and um, why wouldn't you buy this? You're getting a class product with a beautiful story behind it too, you know, and it's helping the young people. So that's what the essence of that was. And it just gives a different arm to the business, doesn't it? It just allows yeah. to show that it's not just about trade skills, is it? It's not yeah. always about that. There's other parts of the business. Yeah. If you, if you if you go into the prison, you can see in the visitor centre, there's a, there's a cabinet that is made by our participants for filled with toys for people who come into the visitor centre to play with or the children who come into the visitor centre to play with. And I imagine that's really important um, for the young people as well to know that they're making something that that can be given to um, a prisoner um, whose kid is visiting as well and they can play with that as well. Yeah, often once um, the participants in the program make something for, for their relative family member child we have to actually take it out to the um to the store to the storeroom where their family members come from and you can just see the care that they've put into the the chopping board the truck the whatever it may be and and the pride knowing that they've made something that's going back to their family member and I suppose this credit's got to go to um, the GEO and the support that they've given Absolutely. rebuild and, and allowed this social enterprise yeah. to operate within the prison um, and that's it's it's amazing touching on that a little bit what's it like to be in a prison day or working in a prison like on a, on a daily, daily basis yeah it's funny because I, sp- I suppose I've done I've been working in a prison since 2008 so it becomes a little bit of a habit I guess but at the same time you still you have to walk through screening and you walk through a, a big grey gate that closes behind you automatically and there's still a bit every time you walk through there's a bit of oh Jesus I can't get out imagine being imagine being actually in there but it's it's at this prison that we're working at at the moment so many people are there for the right reason so many people are there to to help to make a change to make a difference and we we report to GEO monthly and 
like it's a really nice meeting we walk in and speak to the big wigs and they ask us how we're going and we give good news stories and and they love it and we love it and we work really well together that's that's good it's important as well i think you know having good partnerships um is really important to allow you to do the to have the freedom to do the work that that you do and um, speaking about freedom in prison together is probably not the right word but, uh, <laughs> but you know but no, you know what i mean and yeah. get the gist of it they've given you a um a really good kind of um space yeah haven't yeah, they to, to, to do your thing and and to to, to have the impact yep. that you had and support yeah. whenever needed yep Tell us a little bit about working with the different um, partners um, or the, the different people in a prison. So I would imagine, you know, that you know, don't just work with our case managers. Do you have any, um, um, I suppose, dealings with like clinicians and so forth as well? And how does that help you to help the young people um, in your program? Yeah, I, I, that it goes to the wraparound support model that we're talking about. When we when we first started in Ravenhall three years ago we realised that, I guess, as much support as we can get from professionals and people who have been doing it for so long, the better our program will be. So we engaged with, as you say, clinicians from the very start and spoke to them about what our program is and how it can help and who might be suitable for it. We spoke to the reintegration team, we spoke to special assessors, we spoke, we speak to the correctional officers daily weekly monthly whenever we're in there to try and work it out so that everyone is on the same page so um damien last question i ask this to every guest that comes on i've only done it once and the answer um was pretty good so no pressure on you right but we always talk about the dreams and aspirations that you would have as a as a young person growing up and wherever it was for you in country out in the sticks. Yep. Um, so tell us, what did you what did you want to be when you grew up? The honest answer is I wanted to be a carpenter. I was always outside playing with hammers and nails and the like. Um, I guess I'm the sort of person that just lives day by day. So I'm, I'm happy to take on challenges as I wanted. And I think I've kind of always been like that since I was growing up. Um, I, I guess it's a, it's a hard question and I don't want to make up an answer because the, 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 the simple facts are that I wanted to be a carpenter. Yeah, I wanted to be a carpenter. That is it. Simple as that. And, and yeah, and 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 as as I grew, I guess I always had an inclination to teach. I've always sort of wanted to teach a little bit. And like we spoke about earlier, wake up one day and make it better than the day before. Yeah, and can I say as well, like watching you work, watching you interact with the young guys, um, you can see you're doing exactly what you've been put on this earth to do, and it's just such a perfect fit. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, well said, Mark. They're lucky. I think they. I think Rebuild's lucky to have you, and I think they're lucky to have your your, your guidance and management. And it's really exciting to see what you're going to do next um, with this business as well. Mm. Um, you didn't want to be an AFL footballer? Nah, I got injured too often. Even as a kid? Nah, I didn't want to train hard enough. David, <laughs> and there's the truth. <laughs> <Well, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even make mention of the GQ Man of the Year award as well, but. Uh, Maybe we'll leave that for another episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the rebuild calendar. The re- oh, Lord, you've got some funny photos. Yeah, so thanks, Damien, for uh, for being our guest today. It's been wonderful uh, talking to you. And 
I think it's been really valuable hearing more about the business, more about yourself, more about the, the passion and the drive that you have and, and, and also the impact that, uh, that, that YMCA Rebuild is having as well. So appreciate your time, mate. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's nice to hang out with you guys as much as anything else. Oh, well, you, only get, you only get to do it once now. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. No, thanks, mate. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Cheers. Next week on A Time to Rebuild. I've done five months in, in the slot, you know, by myself. So 23 hours a day, one hour walkout. Um, and that to me, honestly, um, was it was it was a game changer for me that's where i've done the most self-reflection if anything in today's episode has raised any issues for you or someone you know head over to our website for a full list of services that may help at ymcarebuild.org.au under the podcast tab this podcast was produced by mick cronin and mark wilson editing done by mark wilson